This is a sporting discussion, your podcast discussing sports of all sorts. I'm AJ Mithen. Another very, very special week for the show this week. Two more shows. Kicking it off today with our AFL Grand Final. Spectacular, mega, high achieving. Help me out here, Andrew Johnson. Super happy fun time. AFL Grand Final show. And you know what an AFL Grand Final show needs, AJ? News about umpires? No, it needs someone who has their heart on their sleeve, That's wondering right. whether their team is going to be victorious. You're a smug Hawthorne fan who knows nothing but victory. I'm now a bitter and uh, Geelong fan in crisis. So we need someone who's got something to do with this week's game. What's happening? Well, we're going to delve into the heart and mind of a Richmond supporter, a passionate Richmond supporter, Sarah Smith, breakfaster extraordinaire. Welcome to a sporting discussion. Thank you. It's very lovely to be here. I think it's long-suffering Tiger supporter. I think that's <laughs> how we have to be referred to. Yeah, that's like, what it says on the badge, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Jack Watts is much maligned. Yeah, Jack yeah Watts. much maligned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, much maligned number one pick, Jack Watts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so before we get into looking back at last weekend very briefly and then looking forward to this weekend, yeah. Sarah... How are you feeling? Because you were not confident at the start of the final series. You just wanted to win one game. Was that a bit of emotional cushioning? It definitely was. I was actually very confident. I had a lot of belief. But the thing that you learn as a Tiger supporter is never to express confidence. Not because there's been many letdowns over the years, but because people take so much pleasure in, uh, I guess, like, picking on you when those letdowns occur. So I just oh. kept it all inside myself, but my lid was well off, like well off. <laughs> <laughs> so you're avoiding, avoiding the schadenfreude by bringing it on early, yeah. saying we only want to win. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought we could just win one, but now I'm, yeah, I'm happy with where we are now. And I actually feel really happy. Like I feel, I don't know how to feel because I've never had this experience in my entire adult life. So everyone keeps saying to me, are you nervous? But I actually feel just really excited at the moment. And the funny thing is, and you'll you'll experience this towards the end of the week. People oh, are going, listen to season grand final. I know. Final, man. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Oh, look, when your team's in the grand final, this is this is what happens. AJ, yeah. in the the it's last six years, in the last long, Andrew, six long years, in the last eleven years, my team has been in one more grand final than yours. So you well, know, yeah, exactly. Move on, let's move on. But people <laughs> will start to wish you luck. Like, personally, you, not your team. They go, oh, good luck on the weekend. I have got – I've already got a few text messages saying good luck and I got heaps of congratulations <laughs> on the weekend. I thought, what have I done? Other than wear my lucky jacket to every single game, I don't know if I've contributed to this. Are you wearing your lucky socks as uh, well? They're on right now. Very good. Although, I've uh, got to say, they've got to be washed. No, that's bad luck. Yeah, right. Is that no, – no, don't tell me that. I don't I don't want to be wearing these socks all week. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll get away from your – Day, uh, your game day rituals and attire <laughs> and have a, a very quick look back at how we've gotten to Richmond and Adelaide quick in the possible, grand final. <laughs> AJ, we'll very briefly go back to Friday night. I don't want to open too many wounds, but the first quarter was reminiscent of the first quarter of last year's preliminary final, would you say? Andrew, if we have any pretenses of being serious, nobody sports podcasters, we need to talk about the hard stuff, and that's when your team gets flogged. Uh, that's All right, that's flogged. happened a few times <laughs> to Geelong this year. Um, yes, they were beaten. The game was over in about 12 minutes. Uh, that's if you're being generous, maybe eight. Uh, Adelaide were really, really good. Um, squashing Geelong all over the place, stopped, uh, made them turn the ball over and over and over, and I think they scored something like 
the equivalent of 12 goals or something from turnovers yep. in the, on Friday. Um, Geelong tried what they could, but probably it would have been a good idea to have Dangerfield on the ball at the beginning of the game rather than when they were six or seven goals gone. That's exactly what I said. And I realised I, te- I could coach senior footy in that yeah. moment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Because he, he did such a good job the previous week at full forward. He did a really good job against Hawthorne at full forward when he kicked five goals six. But, but yeah, then an actual backman played on him when Adelaide knew it was coming. Yeah. And, yes. Uh, yes. Trouble and strife. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. And one thing that I noticed, which I think is I'll talk about later when we talk about the grand final, was a lot of the goals that Adelaide kicked were from ground balls in the forward fifty, where their smaller players would scoop it up and kick it around uh, around the corner. So long bombs in, bring the ball to ground. I thought that was quite interesting and something Good. that. Just a post-it note on that because we'll come back to that when we talk about the big game All right. this week. All right. So Adelaide beat yeah. Geelong convincingly. Just, a, just quickly. Yes. That, for the neutrals, that was another absolutely honkingly poor game to watch. It was. It was. Although, as I did mention um, to Sarah on Monday morning, 7.15am on the breakfast. 102.7 FM on your <laughs> streaming services. I was at the pub and there was a Geelong supporter next to me who from oh, minute no. one was abusing the umpires oh. and spent the entire game doing it. So that kept my interest for, for the whole game. Oh, wouldn't have kept mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's turn away from that and we'll turn to Richmond and oh. the GWS 94,000 Richmond fans and about... 1,300. A family of uh, GWS supporters. Were you there, Sarah? I was there. I was there. And Jealous I, about I had really great through. seats at the prelim. Uh, it was probably the best game I've been to my entire life. Not just because we won a prelim, but because I don't think we'll ever experience that kind of, uh, I don't know, that number of just Tiger fans in mm. one place or any fan for that matter. To have 90% of the MCG yelling for the one team was pretty special. Like, it was quite visceral and overwhelming. Um, it was also horribly nerve-wracking. I, I don't deal very well with close games, so I had to pop out for a quarter. Well, not out of the MCG, but I had to pop into a bar in the MCG <laughs> for a quarter because I kind of it's one of those little things that I go through in my mind where I have a process and I think if I go away from the game for a moment, it's going to be okay, and then I can come back to it and everything. Uh, you know those? Reset the energy. Yeah, yeah. the chakra, all of All yes, of that. Yes. Because it was a close game for the first half. It was basically neck and neck. Yes. And then it was a third quarter where Richmond pulled away six goals to one and 31 points ahead at three-quarter time. You were confident, weren't you? Oh, by, yeah, by about halfway through three to quarter time, I felt like we had it. You could just see that our pressure had worn them down. Mm. They suddenly went from looking like they could keep and run with us to looking really slow. Particularly the older players, I hate to say it, but Deledio just looked so off. Yep. Um, CBJ, I think it was a massive mistake to play him. I was really excited yeah. when they named him in the team. Uh, but they just looked slow and I just suddenly – there's something that our small forwards can do um, in kind of the second half of games that I haven't seen many teams replicate. It's just like they have this extra level that they go to and they can kind of put their foot down. You know, you literally watched Daniel Rioli at one point getting chased and it was almost like he pushed that button that you push in Daytona. You know that thing where you <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was when he kicked that that run on goal and he just kind of pushed the button and, he, and then he ran into that goal from about 15 metres out and he just went, oh – there's something special here. Just that level of fitness is kind of mind-boggling. Yeah. Well, Stevie J, Andrew, was... Turgid? Uh, yeah, turgid. Probably the best way to describe it. Um, he wasn't... You could see he was trying, but he just doesn't have it. 
He oh, couldn't. Just didn't have it. Sorry, because it's it is his last game. He's yeah. not playing. And he couldn't yeah. kick more than thirty meters, which was a problem. He, there was a, a yeah, he period. He took a mark. Set set shot about forty eight in front. I was there as well. And this happened right in front of us. Um, ah. uh, about forty meters out, and he handed it off. And when he marked it, you just got the feeling that he doesn't have the leg for this. No. And mm. what? And then I started thinking, what the hell is he doing, leading up, taking marks forty meters out from goal? Yeah, stay in the goal square. Yeah, stay but in the goal square or get up on the ball. Just after that, he took the mark or he got a free kick, I'm not sure, on basically on the boundary, 55 metres out, and he did something which you hated when Stevie J played for Geelong. Yeah. He looked towards the goal square and everyone knew that he was going to kick across his body to try and hit someone probably yeah, 50 out directly yeah. in front. And he Richmond, did. Richmond Boy, did he shank that. it. Richmond yeah. had seen that oh, one too yeah. many times. Straight to him. And that was game yeah. over. Yeah. Because yeah. they took that away and scored. And yeah. that was it. And yeah. yeah, done and dusted. And so through to the grand final. What was the sound like at the end of the game? Oh, I think it was the sound just before the end of the game that struck me. There was this kind of rumble that started maybe like with about five minutes to go, you know, when yeah. the security comes out. Yeah. And it was this kind of almost like all the Richmond fans going, oh, my God, oh, my they God, realized. we've done it, we've done it. And yeah. there was this kind of weird grumbling <laughs> noise and I thought, oh, my, this is amazing. I've never was, heard anything like it. And everyone asking each other, I think we might. We I know. Might like, win. Are we going <laughs> to win? What's going on? <laughs> are, we al- are we allowed to celebrate this yet? Um, and then the noise at the end was just something else. Like it was it was mm. so amazing. And um, singing that song like that, I mean, I'll never replicate that ever in the history of my life will I replicate that moment. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty special. That was great. The grandstand was literally shaking. Where I was, I was up the top of the southern stand. Oh, wow! And when the song was going, it was basically bouncing up and down (laughs) like a wave as everyone was clapping and singing and all that. And as a neutral, I was terrified for my life. Everyone else else seemed to be having a great time. (laughs) Yeah, it's mildly concerning. Uh, Let me. I want to ask you both a question about GWS. They've got all the skill in the world, but do they have the heart for a fight? No. Do they? Do they have the? the grind to get into a contest like Richmond have? No, I don't think so. I know everyone said the whole thing this year about them being great little individual parts and not being not being a mm. unifying team, but that just becomes more and more obvious when they're tested by a team like Richmond who were trying to grind them down. Mm. They just didn't have the will to drag themselves over that line. It's almost like they all turn into little individuals running around trying to do their bit, but none of it came together. And you look in those instances for the older players, the experienced players. Brett Deledio couldn't do it. He's not that type of player. Steve Johnson couldn't do it. He's not that type of player. Callan Ward sort of is, but he's Callum, more just Callum a work. Ward was great. He was he great, really but was. he's not the sort of player who – he's not a Joel Selwood. He's not a Luke Hodge. He's not a, a dare I say, a Trent Cotchen who's going to get the team on his back mm. and drag them to the, you know, the finish line. Do you know line. who might be, though, Andrew? Who's that? Dylan Shield, and he didn't. He was easily the best player, probably on the ground in the first half of the first quarter, mm-hmm. until he met his untimely demise at the end of uh, Trent Cotchen's shoulder, or David Asprey's general person. <laughs> it's it's undetermined as to where his concussion came well, let's, from. Let's do thirty seconds then on the uh, Cotchen gets off. Sarah, I know you. you thirty seconds? Been about Are you sure? It. We could do a few hours on this. <laughs> Was he guilty and he's got away with one or you don't care because he's playing? Uh, with all the rich and bias that I have, I think that if it was during the home and away season, he probably would have got a fine. But I think that if he'd, if he'd got pulled up for this, he would have had to take Sloan out and you would have had to take Ellis out as well. Because mm. I think that they were both, I think Ellis's hit was worse. I think Sloan's was pretty nasty. And I don't think they would have done that to all three of them. You couldn't go one without all three. Yeah, yeah. true. So, I mean, I think he was... I think he was 
it was borderline. It was borderline. But I think I believe he had his eyes on the ball. He had his shoulder down. He was going in to protect himself. That's what I'll, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah, I think the I, I think he should have gone. Yep. And well, I, you predicted that he would, and that we would end up in the Supreme Court. Yeah. I've t- what have I told you about predictions? Predictions are pointless. You're not very good at it. That's <laughs> Although I've got to say, I've tipped the entire I've tipped the entire se- final series thus far. Oh, that'd be so, really difficult. Uh, wouldn't it? Well, shut up. I have. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's a true statement of fact. No, I, I, I genuinely thought he would go because. That was it. Was the fines the yeah. fact that he had two fines? Because uh, he had the I thought yeah. crimes in the bank. Exactly, yeah. they can easily get away with. Oh, we'll give you a fine. They're like bugger, we can't. And then, as you said, Sarah, they couldn't do anything for Brandon Ellis because then it would have been inconsistent within the one match rather than inconsistent across the season like they have been. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the weird thing about all of this is that if that had happened next this week in the grand final. They double the penalties or they increase the loading yes. on the penalties for grand final offences. So if that happens this week, they'll probably he'll probably find himself getting five. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he'll care though. I think once you, you oh, know, no. if you get the if you get if you get if the you flag, get the medal, he won't yeah. care. I think too that we all know now, and it happens. I feel like this happens every final series. Prelims are just tougher and they're harder. And there's always these kind of incidents that occur. And I just think that the umpires kind of allow that a little bit. There's kind of this little bit of wriggle room. Yeah, yeah that's true. I think Ellis, the Ellis and Cochin incidents weren't, didn't even get a free kick given. No. No. Yeah. Neither the, the Sloan Dangerfield. Neither the Sloan. Finals, finals football. Let them play. Actually, that Sloan on Dangerfield uh, would have been, I think, a 10-point margin at yep. the time. But Adelaide took it down the other end of the ground and kicked a goal. And that was basically that. Yeah, I know because the bloke next to me blaming the umpires told me all about it throughout the halftime break. I'd have to agree with him on that. <laughs> all right. Yes. But the AFL have said the head is sacrosanct. Mm-hmm. Just not just not just in not certain Dylan occasions. So yeah. Dylan Shiel not only missed the preliminary final, he missed going to the Brownlow medal. He was too concussed. Oh, Paul right. I'm sure he'll have other chances. That's so a long 30 seconds. We, we did put out a poll. What's your call on the Cochin <laughs> verdict? 17%. Resounding, resounding victory. 17% said, I don't care. Yep. 33% said, fair call, nothing in it. 50% said, a joke of a decision. And that is all my Twitter accounts. How many times did I vote in that? <laughs> <laughs> nah, just once. We so, got, I love having the don't care, just as a side. Yeah, you got to have like, the don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> now, the opposite of not caring. Yes. Is Sarah this week leading into the grand final? You've got a ticket? I have got a ticket. I was very, oh. very lucky. Yeah. Very lucky that a friend just contacted me and on Sunday out of the blue and, and gave me a ticket, essentially. I didn't realise you were You're so connected in the corporate world. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> but, way to get a gig nah, in the grand final. I'm, I'm not, I'm to, I don't know. I'm not allowed to talk about the... About how I got the ticket. Doesn't matter. Where I got it came warned from. by Dono well, not to. It. No, no. I just got a. I just got a ticket through a friend. Like a, through a friend, and I feel really, really lucky. I'm going with my brother. Yeah, which is great. Oh, that's good. And you've yeah. got that's mates great. that are still on the search for I tickets. Do a friend yeah. today uh, got one a standing room ticket, which I'm nice. really excited about. But there are still a bunch of my mates who are who are desperate at the moment, and they've even missed out on tickets to go to Punt Road. To see, you know, really? yeah, the, the live road event, yeah. So that's sold out, yeah. Because I mean, there's just not enough tickets to go around for Richmond supporters, mm. not even by far. Can I can I just that's suggest true. that that means that at the end of the grand final, there's going to be a hundred thousand people in the ground, plus another twenty thousand people in Punt plus, Road, plus another forty thousand people in Swan Street. Oh yeah. <laughs> lordy! Plus all the trendsetters who don't realise that it's AFL Grand Final day and put on all their fancy clothes and try to head into the Richmond Club Hotel. 
like you saw on on, uh, on Saturday, Saturday night. night. Oh dear. There's a lot of there's a lot of shocked looking people uh, dressed up to the nine, seeing all these people rolling out with uh, <laughs> Richmond. Why are you letting the riffraff in? Like, all of us. Uh, yeah. This week and next week, mate, we just let whoever whoever wants to come in. Well, I can't work out if it's going to be worse if Richmond win or lose. I think that either way, whatever happens after the game is going to be pretty intense. Yep, local yeah. bars, local bars, bar owners are going to be rich no matter what. Happens. No matter exactly. Yep. So two thirty p.m. Saturday afternoon. Richmond in their yellow and black jersey against Just Adelaide. Just like the song says. Just like the song says. And it's very newly minted Brownlow medalist Dustin Martin. Mm-hmm. Sort of only just minted Brownlow medalist Trent Cochin as well. Oh, will that's be. right. Yeah. Whenever my boyfriend talks about Trent Cochin, he says uh, Trent Cochin, Brownlow, Brownlow medalist, asterisks. Always. He goes, there's Trent, there's Trent Cochin, asterisks. Just to remind me that it's, you know, he didn't earn it the right way. But anyway. I'll tell you what, he has been a completely different player this year and part of last year. He's a lot more a lot more harder. He's a lot harder at the mm. ball, um, as we saw on the weekend. But he's able to, to break away from packs a lot better than he has in the past. And I think he's taking on some of Dusty's uh, don't argue tendencies as well and those two in the midfield and Dustin Martin who's been playing a lot more in the forward line everyone would suggest that that is where Richmond are going to win or lose the game Mm -hmm. what about a Richmond supporter where do you think it's going to be won or lost I think it's really hard to tell at the moment I just think Adelaide's most lethal weapon is their forward line which we all know it goes without saying but our most lethal weapon I think is our back line like we have the best back line in the game so I think that it's going to be about us not allowing what I saw with DeLong is it was just coming out of the center so fast. And as soon as Adelaide got it anywhere near their forward line, anywhere near the forward line, they had so many options to get to get a goal. And I think we have to stop that from happening. I don't think we can even let it I think it has to be one in the middle for us. Because yep. we're good at locking it in. So we can lock it in our fifty and we have lots of little options down there. But I just don't think that if it gets out and it gets into Adelaide hands really fast, we're gonna be able to kind of stop them from scoring eventually. What about you, AJ? You're right. It's the just looking at some stats. It's the third best defense for the year versus the fourth best defense for the mm. year. Yeah, and so in defense, it's it's not just Alex Rand. It's David Asprey who takes on the second tall. It's Dylan Grimes who can take on both the third tall and the small forward. He played uh, on. Toby Green yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. It did quite well. So Eddie Betts is probably going to be his opponent. Adelaide's defence, they have the lockdown defenders, but I think that they've got to make a decision on whether they go with Hardigan because is the Richmond forward line too short to have three tall defenders? And there's forecasts, pretty cruddy conditions with 16 degrees. Which is good for us. Uh, Mind you, for preliminary final day, they said it was going to be thunderstorms and it ended up being 22 and an absolutely beautiful day. It was balmy. Balmy, that's the good word, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, Because Adelaide would be loath to change a back line that they know works and that they know works with each other. Richmond aren't a high-scoring team. Um, they're mid-range, no. mid-range in the comp for points scored. Adelaide are head and shoulders above everyone else. Mm. So I guess we can... And this was also the situation for a little period against Geelong and a period against GWS as well. Richmond seemed to sit back and let the ball come to them in the back line. Okay. Uh, if you know what I mean. Yep. They, they give up a lot of inside 50s. Yeah. 
Um, and Adelaide is probably the one team that you don't want to have that strategy against if it's even a strategy. We, I don't know. I th- we are good. We, we, we spend like a lot of time inside our own 50 as well. It's just there's so many shots a goal mm. that kind of result in nothing that I feel like that's what we're going to have to improve on. I don't know if you can just do that in one game, you yeah. know, under that kind of pressure. Well, they need it to one, happen in one game and that's what happens in grand finals. Yes. Well, yeah, and I think that selection is going to be huge. I've said all throughout the final series and I've not been right yet, but I'll say it again that Richmond are just throwing the dice, rolling the dice by only having one recognised Ruckman. Toby Nankervis has been excellent, but... If he needs a rest or if he hurts himself... John Grigg goes in and dominates. Exactly. And that just won't work because he will be going up against Josh Jenkins as Adelaide's second ruck, who is 199, 200 centimetres. Sam Jacobs is in imperious form. He's even going forward and taking marks and kicking goals late in the year. But Mitch McGovern is the big one for me because Adelaide don't have marking forwards. They've got lead-up forwards. Mitch McGovern can take a contested mark. That Mm -hmm. all of a sudden means that they can just bomb the ball in as much as they want and have confidence that someone's going to float across and take that mark. Now, Richmond, with their defence, probably want them to do that. Mm -hmm. They don't want the ball to hit the ground and let Eddie Betts, Charlie Cameron go through and cause havoc that way. So... I don't know, but I don't think we're going to play Soldo or Hampson. Like, they're, they're kind of our mm. options and we're not going to take up a spot with them. So, I think we're just going to stick with Grigg and possibly also, I don't know, who else we'd throw up there? Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Nathan kind of, Broad? Yeah, maybe Broad, yeah. Maybe Broad. I don't know. But it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, often the Is way Dizzy that… Is Griffiths all right now? Or? <clears throat> he kicked a few goals on the weekend. Ben, he ben Griffiths, his, this is. Sorry for everyone yeah. listening. Huh? He hurt his foot, but he came back out, took him out, kicked a goal. Okay. He, two weeks ago, had two possessions in the final, mm. so... All right. Isn't it funny grand final week where you sit around thinking, yeah, they should bring in a guy for a good matchup who hasn't played all year <laughs> when yeah. the coach has probably already decided that we, this has worked for us. We've got all these players who know what to do and nothing's going to change, but all of us out here are going, oh, I reckon they should <laughs> think about Blair and Blair. I, I think they'll be all right. I think, that, I think he's going to get worn down. I think it's going to happen... Definitely in that game, but I don't know that it's worth bringing in a player who hasn't stood up yet. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ivan Soldo's played what a couple of senior games. There's yeah. no one there. Play, hasn't played at all. Yeah, no. no and they tried. They tried yeah. Griffiths. They tried um, Todd Elton, yeah. and none of them worked. I so think um, the if it is actually wet and sloggy, that is where this will be a trouble for Richmond. But Richmond have also been flogged in the hitouts. In both finals I've played. Yeah, but that's how Nank works as well because he's mm. so good around the ground. So for yeah. everything he loses when he's up, he gains yeah. on the ground and around the ground. So I don't know. And I think if it's wet, it's going to help us. Mm. I think that's where we, we're best. Like we, our whole strategy is take it to ground essentially and hope that we're going to win the contested ball. And also Richmond with their pressure in the forward line, if you add a tall to that mix, another tall, then it completely changes the, the structure. And yeah. we saw what um, Daniel Rioli... The what's Grimes? Castagna, Butler, Butler, Castagna has been. He's my pick for the the one that might get removed. I was yeah. thinking that too. Yeah. yeah, he's been a bit quiet across across the last. Few. Apparently, he's like his actual numbers are quite good, but I thought mm. he looked the most rattled in the uh, prelim, and I thought that they might bring in uh, Shy Shay Bolton because he's just oh, been yeah. killer in the VFL. Yeah, yeah. 
Will I don't they? know. Jeez, that's a big call. I know, I, I know. I that's a good point because, uh, yeah, Castagna hasn't been – he didn't really set the world on fire against Geelong either and he's wasn't really good for the last couple of weeks of the regular season, but he's been playing a role and that's what Damien Hardwick loves. Yeah. Mm. So then, like I just said, you've got to – he's – for all we know, Hardwick's already sat him down and said you're good to go. But uh, yeah, you got to wonder he, if if Sarah, you're right. If if there's a spot that's available, it's probably his. Yeah, and I just think the way that um, Shea Bolton has just stood up over the last couple of weeks in the VFL, uh, and he just looks like he has that kind of magic about him that can make a bit of a difference in a grand final. Where you want someone who has that confidence. I just don't think Castagna looked confident last week. Yep, and he he was confident throughout the middle of the year. He was yeah. very good. But, and Jacob Townsend's the other one. He's had something like 24 kicks for 11 goals or 12 goals. Who yeah, that? Yeah. So, and he, he performs a, a good defensive role, which Richmond are probably going to need. Rory Laird just needs someone to, to play on him because yeah. he has cut up everyone so far in the final series. Yeah. And I think last week Geelong put players near him, mm. but they didn't actually tag him and you just have to. I yeah. think Presti might run with him. Okay. Maybe just yeah. as a kind of just to niggle. Yeah, he's right. He's kind of been given that role a little bit. Yep. I don't and, know. And with Brody Smith having done his knee in that first final, mm. that means that a lot of pressure is on Rory Laird to be the run from defence and the long kick. So, yeah. who gets uh, Jack? Would it be Talia? Talia would take Jack, Jack Rewald. Yeah. yeah, because Rewald has been playing a lot closer to goal. Toward like this season, yeah. whereas the last couple of years they've tried to get him to be that you know, that running mm. link up for the Tom Lynch from Adelaide type. Yeah. So Talia would you would imagine would take him. Jake Lever, I assume that Castagna would go to him to try to. Uh, sorry, not Castagna. Um, Jacob Townsend would go to him to try to negate his influence. Mm. Who's Richmond's? On ball tagger, do they have one or not really? Well, That's kind well, of all of press, them. Yeah, that's why I mean it was probably wrong in saying that before. Cotchen's been tagging a bit this year. Tagging, yeah. Press, like, I'm just I'm, we I'm, don't really we don't really have we don't really generally play mm. that as much this year. I don't, I don't know. Presti sometimes run with, not really run with, run with, is with is yeah. yeah. Presti is, it has been our run with the last kind of couple yeah. of weeks, but it's only so light. The, I don't know. Tags don't really happen in the way that they used to because mm. there's two yeah. Crouches and a Sloan. In the midfield, going up against what a Koch and a Martin, well, Dusty for probably seventy percent of the time when he's in the middle. Yeah, um, and a Presti are in the middle as well. Yeah, Caddy, and Caddy. Caddy goes through. Yeah, Caddy, well, Caddy will go Caddy, forward for a bit, I think. Yeah, though. yeah. Caddy's not a run with player. No, no. So they, they won't bring in Miles to be a run. I don't think they'll they'll bother. No, I, don't, I don't think though. I'm not. To, I don't mean should someone come in for it. I'm just trying to work the matchups in the midfield because I think. That's for me. That's where Adelaide have a real advantage because they have proven ball winners and ball users who go at high efficiency week after week after week, feeding yep. this forward line that's just so uh, proficient. Mm. Um, yeah, I just I've racking my brain, and we've still got a few more days, but I'm just trying to think of who who Hardwick puts to who. Or or. Is it run and gun? Just say, righto, just let's just back us, our us players in. Because yeah. both Richmond and Adelaide play, I guess, a swarm style of football. They put a little bit of pressure on the ball carrier, a little bit of pressure on the receiver. And as soon as that ball hits the ground, they are in and they're handballing it and then just kicking long into their forward line. Adelaide probably bring their forwards 
out a little bit more and follow the ball back to goal? Or is, as I was saying, Jack Rewalt's been more of a stay-at-home forward this year. And I don't, Tom Lynch for Adelaide's going to be crucial because he's that, that link player. I'm, I'm fascinated by how the game's going to play I out. I think, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I think our backs are going to kind of perform, they kind of perform an unusual role. People like um, Vostan and you have Bashahui come forward a lot farther. So they kind of yeah, almost kind of act yeah. as that rebound sometimes for the mids. Yeah. Yeah, they do spend a lot of time across the centre line. You're yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So I'll I'll give you some some stats, AJ. Finally, I, yeah, I know, I know. I I talked you love about a stat. Well, I talked about this on on Monday morning. The last time they met, Adelaide smashed Richmond one hundred and forty to sixty four. It was the highest score that Richmond has conceded for the entire season, mm-hmm. and it was only one of only two matches that they lost by a significant margin. Sam Jacobs had fifty hitouts. Crouch, Laird and Sloan were the major ball winners. So You're not helping Sarah's we, mood here. <laughs> but the thing is... <laughs> I literally just went into a dark hole as you, say, as you said that. But we know that's Lucky going sucks. to happen. We know that's going to happen. Jacobs is going to dominate the ruck. Their midfielders yep. and their halfbacks are going to get the ball. They're quite predictable in that way. But that was the first loss of a run of four losses for Richmond. So take it to round nine, the last of those losses. After that point... When Adelaide were seven and two, Richmond were five and four. Adelaide won eight and a half of their th- remaining thirteen games. Richmond won ten of their remaining thirteen games. Can so, I say something as well? Or are you you may. No, no, no. <laughs> Go. We're good. We're good. Um, two quick things. Yes. The, that was the final score in that game, but the quarter time score in that game could have yes. been anything completely different because Richmond came out and absolutely. Dominated the Crows. Okay, we won um, the first quarter. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was the most exciting football I'd seen us play because because yeah. of the the rate at which it was happening, and then it just collapsed. I think they kicked six goals to two or something like that. Maybe yeah. I could be wrong, but I'm not a Richmond fan, so I'd know if it was not. Um, so that happened, and then Adelaide, I think, kicked sixteen goals to four or something like after yeah. that, and that's where the blowout came from. But another interesting thing that um, we need to note is that Richmond have reversed. Every loss they've had this year. Oh, hello! As Dimmer said, we've yeah. we've learnt, He says this every week. He said we've learnt the most from our losses this year, and we have. Yeah, you know how I keep saying that when Geelong lose, oh, I'm pretty sure they'll learn from that, and then they don't. They come out and do exactly the same thing yep. and get exactly the same beating. Yeah, yep. Richmond don't do that. Richmond lose, and then they go away and say, "Well, why did that happen? What okay. did we do to make that? You know, how about we make that different next time?" So they lost to Fremantle at the G. Remember that? I think it was after the side. Oh, yeah, yeah, David Mundy. Yep. <laughs> then they went over to Perth 15, 16 weeks later, beat them by 100 points. Uh, okay. Uh, lost to Geelong in Geelong. Yep. We all know what happened in the first in the semi. final, yep. Lost to GWS in that heartbreaker when Jeremy Cameron kicks the goal from 50. Yep. Uh, and we are, we're all laughing about how Richmond can't hold a lead and, you know, they're a bunch of jokers who aren't going to do anything this year. Yep. They've now beaten GWS twice more. Well, there you go. And St. I think Kilda as well. St. Kilda. Remember that? St. Kilda made a laughing oh, stop at yeah. Richmond. Oh, yeah. And then Richmond returned the favour in the last round of the season. 
Now, the only other team who they haven't played for the second time this year is Adelaide. I made this exact point on Monday, but it, not, it didn't make as much sense that's as how they made it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true, and that's where I get this quiet confidence yeah. from. It's enough. I don't think on paper anything looks like it should go Richmond's way. You understand why we're the underdog. I think Adelaide have been building for this moment too for a long time. I think they've been the best team in the comp for actually about mm. three years, and I yeah. just don't think they've had their moment. And this is their moment, and it makes me think they're going to grab it. But I've just got this weird faith in Richmond's process. That sounds so boring. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I sound no. like Dima. Oh, you sound like a Hawthorne oh. fan. <laughs> Believe in the process. But I do. But also that kind of that magic that we've seen this year that's come from the team and that kind of stuff, the, the intangible stuff that we've seen um, that's been created through the bond between those guys mm. and just having some young guys in who had not scared to just have a go. Yep. So – the one thing that I, we pointed out earlier in the season was Richmond had a complete assistant coaching clear out pretty much at the Almost, end yeah. of last season. Damien Hardwick was very close to losing his job and they said, no, no, we'll keep you and we'll change the support mechanisms. Now, I don't have in front of me who the assistant coaches that went and who came in, but it really does seem to have been a beneficial well, one so of them I can tell you Lepper. about Lepper yeah. yeah so Lepper we were having our best success so Lepper is the reason Alex Rance is the player he is today mm. and he'll tell you that he was a dud when he came to Richmond Lepper <laughs> a handsome dud a handsome <laughs> dud oh, a very handsome man. dud um, you know Dimmer famously said that he'd, he would have exchanged him for a six pack of beers in the early days but Lepper worked with him and made him the backman that he is today and we were having our most success when Lepper was with us as an assistant coach yeah. and then when he left so so Dimmer's wanted to get him back for a while and he's he's been a huge part of why our back line has been so effective this year and why players like Bachelor and Voston and um, Grimes and stuff do these roles that are actually so huge that other teams t- yeah. tend not to take note of. Yeah. Like, Vlaston plays such an important role for us, but it's almost like opposition opposition teams forget about him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of he's hidden away on the back flank and no one really pays all that much attention. Totally. He's, he's, he's pivotal to how Richmond yeah. uh, move forward. And then Leopard also is, you know, he's great. He was a great um, team bonder as well. He's quite close to Dusty and a few mm. of the other boys. So that's been a really big deal for us. Neil Balm as well is a huge inclusion. Mm. You look at where he's gone – and where those t- how those teams have gone. When he was coach of Melbourne, they went through a period of sustained success. Then he went to Geelong and Collingwood, mm. and they had periods of success. Now he's at Richmond, apparently all due to focus on football. Oh, oh my God, don't even get me started. No. I think also um, we've got to pay tribute to one of the best presidents in the AFL right now, in Peggy O'Neill. Yeah. No yeah. one really talks about it because she's not a flashy president, and I kind of appreciate that from her. Mm. Sometimes I think the more a president talks you know, kind of mouths off, the worse the team is going to go. I just think yeah. it's put so much pressure on players. I don't think you ever really benefit from a flashy president. Maybe for a couple of years you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she just has done her job and stuck to her guns so well. And uh, I think that her bringing in Balm and then kind of being a part of that, leading that and stopping the coup against yeah. her. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. She's, she's worn a lot of crap from a lot of morons who had no yeah. idea what they're talking about. She really has, <laughs> you know. And, like, I remember at the end of last year when the coup was happening, people were asking for her credentials and saying, you know, tell what are her credentials anyway, what she's been doing in there. And she just stood her ground and did a really good job at it. Mm. Let me flip it to South Australia for a moment. Okay. Um, There was a few interesting things that came up uh, before their game last week and there's a few things that have happened at Adelaide that we all know about. Mm -hmm. Um, They haven't had, since Kurt Tippett, the Kurt Tippett incident where he left to go to Sydney and there'd been some collusion and tapping up or whatever it was, Adelaide lost a number of picks. They haven't had a first round pick for something like 12 years. 
10 years or 12 years, something like that. First round or a top 10? Uh, top 10, sorry. Yep. Uh, yeah, first round. That would be fairly <laughs> significant, wouldn't it? Probably, um, since, probably since they picked Dangerfield. Since they picked Dangerfield, yeah. Um, they had uh, Dean Bailey as an assistant coach, mm-hmm. who unfortunately passed away from cancer. Um, they had Phil Walsh as their head coach, who passed away tragically as well. And, and that was halfway through the season 2015. Yeah. It? Yeah. And Phil Walsh is the one who installed Tex Walker as captain. Yeah. Uh, much to everybody's surprise. Well, Tex Walker wasn't far off getting booted from the Crows uh, maybe Wasn't four or five years ago or so. Yeah, right. He was um, injured one week and was he was uh, he's a knockabout country fella and every, all the cliche that comes with it. But um, was kind of copying it for, you know, work rate. You know, we know you're good, you know you're good, how about you do something about it sort of work. And he got seen drinking drinking a beer in the crowd watching the Crows one game when he was out injured um, with his mates. And mm. that at that point, there was all this talk of, well... You know, he's not interested. You've got to get rid of him or you've got to, you know, think of something else to do with him and all that sort of stuff. And then Phil Walsh came up and said, right, you're captain. Yeah. And uh, look what's happened. He's yeah. been, he's been yeah. incredible. He hasn't necessarily had the best returns in terms of goals, but his leadership is amazing. And he just – he tells people what to do. He can con- he can control the, the tempo of yeah. the game. and. You'd look good leaders, good captains are standing on the field, pointing and yelling and telling people what to do. <laughs> so, he kind of steadies it, doesn't he? Yeah. You can see that with him really significantly. Mm. I think that's also what Adelaide's got going for them, though. They've just come through so much emotionally, yeah. and they're kind of on that wave now. I, I oh, think yeah. they've got they've got a lot of reasons to win this, and uh, not just because I think they're I think yeah. they are probably the best team in the comp. That goes without saying. AJ, that's enough talk about the game and how it's going to play out. Let's go to some cold hard predictions. We put it out to the people on social media. Yep, at ASD underscore podcast on the Twitter or Facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. This was probably one of the biggest, uh, how do we say, online engagements we've ever had, Andrew. Mm -hmm. It's all about engagement, AJ. We were flooded with uh, (laughs) clicks and likes and throughputs and outcomes and synergies. Shut up. Should we go with ours first or hold ours to the end? Oh, save ours to the end. Okay. Yeah. So, Sean McLaughlin was the first one. He says, Adelaide by 42, Tom Lynch as the Norseth medalist, and the opening bounce slash anthem stare-off to be the turning oh point. God. The have turning we, point. Have yeah. we not discussed the stare-off? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. God. These are the things that keep me up at night. Yeah, you know, the show is like straight. <laughs> who's going to link arms? Who's not going to link arms? Will it put off the person singing the anthem? How many times are they going to reference going to war? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Speaking of the anthem, who's actually who's in the trenches with their mates? Yeah. Yes. Who do you want? Is Russell Robinson going to double up from the VFLW Grand Final and sing the national anthem? That would be good. Really hope not. <laughs> what about Shannon Noel doubling up from the VFL Grand Final? <laughs> oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. He was uh, wearing a fedora. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we're going to find video of that, folks, and put that on facebook.com slash a sporting discussion because too much Noel is not enough Noel. Who was our next one, AJ? Good friend of the show, Tim Gore from ABC Grandstand and theraw.com.au who predicts Richmond by two points. Dustin Martin wins the Norm Smith medal and his turning point is when Trent Cotchen takes out Rory Sloan with a brutal Renee Kink style hip and shoulder to the head halfway through the second quarter. That's oddly specific. But oh, Tim, I, I really liked him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, dear so, 
Sarah, give us give us one here. Is this Tim Dodgson uh, reckons Tigers by seven points. I like you too, Tim. Uh, Sam Jacobs for the Norm Smith. Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. And a Tiger small forward breaks uh, record for inside 50 tackles. Uh, ah. As we were talking about, the defensive the pressure. Right, the defensive pressure. Yeah, I like it. Matt Luffnan says Adelaide by 31. Matt Crouch for the Norm Smith. And 10,000 fans missed the first bounce due to increased security measures. <laughs> I think that's actually... I think that's quite a that's, chance. That's a yeah. chance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Damien Telford, who got on to us, I believe this was on Facebook, uh, Tigers by seven in overtime. Ooh. Do we say overtime or extra, extra time? Extra time, I believe. Extra time, yes. Uh, Dustin Martin's going to win Norm. And the turning point is going to be Rioli Magic in the second overtime period. Wow. That's specific as well. Oddly specific, Damien, (laughs) but thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, Matt Chapman, uh, Adelaide by 41, Rory Laird. And Adelaide cut loose in the third after Richmond waste chances in the second. Standard oh. GF script. Oh. We'll, we'll move quickly along. Actually, just, just quickly. Oh, okay. Quick. Let's, uh, after Sarah has just seen her <laughs> footballing dream go up in flames in front <laughs> no, of her, I'm let's just linger. Say, that, that can work both ways because that's exactly how Richmond's finals have gone. Mm. That's like Richmond's last six games have gone. Mm. Oh, they there crush, you go. Him, crush him in the first half and then. Stretch the ground for the second half. Brett Logan said, Crows by 32, Eddie to kick five and bag the norm. And he says, tight until early in the third, Cochin pushes Sloan, (laughs) who in turn crashes into Dusty, knocking him out. Crows run away with it. (laughs) We're getting some good specifics here. Poor Cochin, poor Dusty. We did ask for a turning point. Yes. Uh, Nicholas Peel got to us, said, Tigers by 16, Cochin to take home norm. And a player to be reported early in the game from either side. I'd like a bit that. of argy bargy, oh, yeah. bit, bit of stink. Oh, there is going to be a lot of stink. I feel. Yeah. Uh, Sam Branners is that his last name or at her Branners, last name? At Branners thirty one on the Twitter. Excellent. Okay, so uh, Adelaide by twenty eight points. Brad Crouch, and there's going to be no turning point. Adelaide will get and maintain the ascendancy from the opening bounce. Oh, oh. that's a pretty dull game then. If it's a twenty eight point win to the Crows, who dominate all the way through, or who maintain their ascendancy all the way through. So is that Adelaide kick two goals to one to every Richmond one until they're four goals ahead at quarter time and then it's maintained a four goal lead for the entire game and we all just sit there going oh Richmond could be oh no oh Richmond oh no oh Oh, they got one back oh Oh, there they go again Shane Yawn got onto us Richmond by four points Dusty for the norm and I love this. This is probably my favourite turning point. (laughs) Alex Rance being pushed into the forward line and kicking four final quarter goals. Do you know why that's realistic? Because Alex Rance can do whatever he wants, Andrew. He's dreamy. I've got to say, Dustin Martin would have played a magnificent three and a half quarters (laughs) if he wins the norm over Alex Rance. Because as we know, it's about the halfway mark of the last quarter when the the Norm Smith judges go and do their voting. So Rancey has to kick his four final quarter goals early. Uh, Ron Barton, who is at Teacher to Poet. Oh, that's nice. Hmm. Thanks, Ron. Uh, he's got Crows by 29. Matt Crouch winning the Norm Smith and his turning point. This is, ooh, gather around, everyone. Late <laughs> in the third, the Tigers are swarming. Dusty wins the ball but can't pull off the don't argue, holding the ball. Is that a haiku? Almost. Late that. in the third. No. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been, that would have been glorious. Uh, Poldermans or at Croft Poods. 
<laughs> I'm pronouncing that right. I at Croft so, Foods yeah. on Twitter. Crows by 73. Why are you giving these ones to me? Wow. Uh, a tie between Talia and Betts. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the turning point. MRP will overturn Cochin decision at halftime. It's a spend him for the second half. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the sort of turning point we were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Xavier Player at XTG Player 88 on the Twitter box. Crows by 38. Eddie Betts for Norm Smith and the turning point, Rewald having a sook and punching the ground during the first quarter. It's not a turning oh. point. That's a standard. Tell that's a, a standard tikes. <laughs> uh, can I? Yes. There is. I've got to find one more because it was one where the turning point was Daniel Rioli tackling someone and the ball spilling out. Well, you look for oh. that, and we'll go through the rest of these. Roach at Roachy one. I like Roach. He's good fun on the. Oh, team. hang on a minute. I didn't look at the next page. Adelaide by 36, uh, Roy Laird for the Norm Smith and his turning point is a Grimes turnover by foot and Tex goals. Oh, very specific. Yeah. Okay. Grimes doesn't turn over very much, but anyway. Uh, Ryan, or oh, at RM underscore RM underscore RM underscore, you get the point. That goes on for some time. Uh, Adelaide by 23 points, Rory Laird and bad turnover by one of the Tiger kids while they've got the momentum. Aid kicks the next four and shut the gate. Oh, poor Adelaide. Uh, I mean, poor, poor Tiger kids. Poor tigers. Oh, eight. He meant Adelaide. Adelaide Sorry. Yeah. I was like, what does he... Okay, Are we right. reading it? I would have... Uh, quite busy today, but I would have checked whether we had a... a how consensus. Many, how many for Tigers, how many for Richmond. But it seems reasonably... Maybe 60-40 Adelaide. I've got to say, the people that are saying Adelaide mm. are saying Adelaide by a significant margin. Yeah. Which has this... been my feeling. I feel like if it's going to be a blowout, it's only blowing one way. Yeah. And otherwise, it's going to be uh, stroke-inducing... <laughs> Dan Jarvis at Dan Jarvis 1980 has a stroke inducing finish for you. <laughs> Tigers by nine. Eddie Betts for the Norm Smith. Oh. That's our second losing uh, losing team norm. And the <laughs> turning point, the Batmobile to make a pregame appearance <laughs> only yes. to break down, take two hours to move and give in the AFL the Twilight Grand Final they crave. <laughs> Was Angry Anderson coming to this somehow? Well, well, the has killers, to, has the killers to. have to get out on the field somehow. Yeah, that's, that's true. Get him in the get him in the Batmobile. Batmobile. This, this is the one that I was thinking of. All right. AJ, when I didn't look over the page. So. Well, off you go. No, no, no you, you do it. You sure? It's your turn. No, but this was yours. That's no, your day. I hand my day to you. At at Rojam on the Twitter box, Rowan Tiger Time, fourteen points. Sam Jacobs for Norm Smith. Oh, that's the second time he's been nominated to be a loser, Norm Smith. Poor bugger. Well. And then the turning point is Laird clearing defensive fifty. Tackled by Rioli, ball spills, he picks it up, evades two crows and goals at the 23-minute mark of the last quarter. Wow. <laughs> that is specific. Wow. That's brilliant. The 23-minute mark of the fourth quarter. I feel like that's, this, might be, this might be destiny. Yeah. See, that you don't one, write something like that unless, that unless you know it's No. <laughs> of all of the potential turning points, well, obviously you know, everyone can see the Batmobile breaking down, but that's probably the one that you look at and go, Oh, yeah. That you know could what? happen, that right? Could happen. Yeah. I wonder if I could bet on that somehow. <laughs> oh, Back sure. to the future. Were you, were you watching the Brownlow Medal coverage last night? You yes. could bet on everything yeah. at every single ad. Really? Oh. And Swanee. Ads, I don't, Swanee, I don't was, that. Swanee was telling us all about it. Oh, yeah. In his, in his really? Iron Maiden he took t-shirt. Over sport, I think Sports Bet Twitter, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Some of the best years of my life was when I lived in Canberra and we didn't have to have the Brownlow on the telly. I love the Brownlow. I've watched it every year. This is the first year that I didn't watch it all the way to the end. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Jeez, the Hawks aren't in the grand final and you just don't <laughs> care, do you? Last one and then we'll get into our predictions and all we'll right. get out of here because we've That's all right. talked the Wi-Fi out. Clinton Wallace, who says, Richmond to get up after a solid third quarter, six goals in a row to punch it out home. A, a solid third quarter where they kick six in a row. That's... That's probably really good. That's a, yeah, it's yeah. very good. It's not bad, is it? A good third a solid quarter. Quarter. Well, no, that's solid. How good were the other quarters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't give a margin, so it could be Richmond by 122. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, AJ, give us your predictions. All right, I'm sorry, Sarah. I knew you were going to... Anyway. I can't see Richmond pinning them down uh, like they have everyone else. I've got the Crows by a mile... If you had to put a number on it, I'd say 76 points. <laughs> uh, Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah go for it. Um, I've got Matt Crouch for Norm. but Which number's he? 44 or two? He's number 44, and he's not Jared Crouch. He played for Sydney. Um, <laughs> not, not Peter Crouch either. Not Peter Crouch. Oh, and he, I nearly said Paul Couchman, but that's not, it's it's not him either. It's not him either. <laughs> uh, and I reserve my rights to change that because when I wrote no. Matt Crouch, I was thinking of Brad. But no, no, no. It's in there now. You've right. said it. And What's turning, your turning point? The turning point is going to be Trent Cochin KOing Dusty, trying to wipe out Rory Sloan. And I'm calling that the karma bus. And that will got ripped off by one of our... I was going to say someone else had that. Yeah. Filthy, filthy pig. All right. Well, Andrew? Yeah. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> Adelaide by 34 points. These people could have heard my eye roll there. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Jacobs for the Norm Smith medal. And the turning point is kind of related to that selection. The Tigers go with just one ruck against one of the best in the comp. It's a... Oh, sorry, Your Highness. What a boring football-related turning point. That's all right. One of us has to be, you know, half serious. You've gone Adelaide by 76 points. Silliness. I would love it if Richmond won, though. Sarah, bring us home. I am going to go Tigers by 13. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll be Rant who gets the Norm Smith because oh. I think he's got a big job to do on the weekend. Rancy. And I think that the turning point will be uh, something that happens in the third. I think the, there's going to be a bit of rain. I think it's going to work to our advantage. I think ball's going to go to ground and I think Rioli is going to bag six in the third. He's, he's bagging six, six in the third <laughs> yeah. and you're only winning by 13. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're going to be down but by we were down. We were down before by, the rain hits. Yeah. And it rains and then it turns. How good is a meteor- yes. meteorology-related turning point? Yeah. yeah. Everyone will just be sitting there at halftime going, it's fine. Five goals, no dramas. It's going to rain. Real Sarah says it's going to rain and she's, she's wearing her lucky coat. So, and socks. You know, and socks. <laughs> <laughs> and because it happens in the third, that's why Rance gets the Norm Smith. Because did you say the votes go in after halftime or are they going after third? Uh, basically, halfway, half, no, halfway through the, third, the last quarter. Oh, Okay. Oh, well, that doesn't make sense. I don't know why Rance would get the Norm Smith, but he's because still he's, getting it. Because yeah. he, be- <laughs> That's what it's all about. Because he's beautiful. I don't make any sense is what uh, I've discovered through this process. Is, one thing Alex Rance is going to win is the most beautiful man on that field, Andrew. Yep. I don't know. Oh, Dusty's, more, Dusty's more beautiful. He's no Jamie Charman, but he's right up there. Nah, Dusty. <laughs> I think that will just about do us on this AFL Grand Final Preview Special Podcast. AJ, as always, thank you. But most importantly, Sarah Smith, thank you for thank joining you. us here, giving us the excitable Richmond supporter. You've, you've, you. you've managed to actually keep a lid on things quite well. 
Really? What's I feel like I've just level? been. I feel still like I'm not making. You've got your ticket. You're all settled for that. But mm-hmm. we're we're recording this on a Tuesday night. You'll hear it probably on a Wednesday or a Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. What's your nerve level early in the week? I'm not nervous at the moment. At the moment, I'm still just excited. I'm riding the wave. Um, I'm probably obsessively watching a lot of uh, Tiger content at the moment, rewatching the game <laughs> from last week. So maybe yep. that says something about my nerve level and where it's going to head later on in the week. But for now, I'm feeling good. It's That's, Tiger time. Yeah. Well. AJ, as someone who has experienced this, myself as someone who's experienced this, grand final week when your team is in the grand final is just one of the absolute best weeks yeah. because mm. you just you walk around wearing your, your scarf and people... Oh, do you? Well, I do. Well, not this week, obviously. <laughs> but you, you can get away. I, I used to wear my Hawthorne jumper in the office and people are like, oh, fair enough. Uh, maybe they thought that I was that idiot in the corner, but they thought that anyway. But it's just so much fun, the anticipation, the build-up, and then the day itself. Yeah. Oh. And I've got yeah. open training on Friday, followed by the parade. First That's time, at 8.30 in the morning. I know. Oh. It's the first time I've ever done it. I've never been to the parade. Oh, that'll be fun. Parade's good. Yeah. Parade's bizarre. You try to explain it. I tried to explain it to a, a Kiwi at work, and she's like, what do, you, what do they do? Oh, that is, you know, sit yeah. in the back of a truck. You'll see a lot of interesting what? people uh, and players with Sony's on going, right, I'm filming this on my phone as we whiz past. Oh, but it's part, right. of the, it's part of the experience. Yeah. Mike Brady sings up there, Kazali. The whole week is great. Grand Last, um, great. on the weekend, I saw lots and lots of families who uh, replicated Dustin Martin's haircut, little boys and their dads, and little <laughs> girls and their dads, mostly. And I just can't wait to be around these packs of <laughs> dusty lookalikes as well. Yeah, win, win, lose or draw. Well, there won't be a draw. Um, but win or lose, Richmond's going to be a great area to be around because the people are going to be happy no matter what, I think. And really, Richmond have already won. In, yeah. my, in my heart. Well, <laughs> yeah, not the grand final, <laughs> but football in general. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I like the Crows. I like the Tigers. It's yeah. going to be a good game. Yeah, yeah. AJ, where can we see you and your stuff? Uh, doing some writing at the moment, which should go up in oh, a week. That's the knocking on wood. Um, doing a couple of other things that I can't talk about yet either. It seems like well, I've been saying that for about six or seven weeks. When does the ABL season start? November 16. November 16. So Bandits versus our Canberra Cavalry. Kind of Cavs. Yes. So there'll be a lot of, of baseball, specifically Australian baseball content Truckloads coming of out of your pen. Content. We've apologised for that last week, so I'm not going to do that again. Um, just read it and enjoy it. Um, Andrew, you and Sarah yes. are going to be appearing on Monday. Or oh, hang on, maybe Sarah well, will be there on we'll Monday. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, Sarah, you'll be there from 6am on uh, 102.7 FM, 3 triple R on the Breakfasters Breakfast Radio. Um, Geez, that's going to be a tough, tough gig on Monday. <laughs> My boyfriend said to me after the last game, um, I'll see you in a week after prelim, uh, anticipating how long I'd stay out. So I don't know how long I'll stay out if we win the granny. If we don't win, I'll probably just take a week off anyway. Yeah, just go just to mope. go over to the cricketers and stand in the they, they have a bar out in the in the street, the side street, and you'll like if you if they win, you'll sing the song oh seventy five million times. Amazing. Yeah. It's just so good. All right. Final word from you, Sarah. What are you looking forward to this weekend when you're sitting at the MCG? I'm looking forward to uh, Dusty's first Don't Argue. That'll do it for this week on a sporting discussion. Thanks so much, Sarah, for joining us. Thanks, Andrew, for joining us. Kind of tigs. It's nice to have you in the same room. It's, yeah. 
It's a comfortable experience. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, do you, do you want a don't hug? forget, you can get us on social media, digital areas at ASD underscore podcast on Twitter or Facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. Get in touch. Let us know where we've got things wrong. Let us know how great we are. Uh, if you want to argue, do that too. Why not? Um, don't forget, later this week, it is our NRL Grand Final Spectaculare, we're calling that. Oh, Spectaculare. Spectaculare, because it's right. from south of the border, the Melbourne Storm. Right, I'll, I'll let you spell that on Not the, bad, the episode. Not that off the top of my head. <laughs> yep, well done. <laughs> uh, we will be joined by James Smith, the editor in... Well, he's not editor-in-chief, but he's one of the editors at Inside Sport magazine uh, talking about the North Queensland Cowboys versus Melbourne Storm. That's going to be great fun. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday. And what's the time? It's tiger time. It's tiger time. <laughs> A fighting fury, we're from Tigerland. In any weather, you will see us with a grin. Risking head and skin. If we're behind, then never mind. We'll fight and fight and win, for we're from Tigerland. We never weaken till the final siren's gone. Like the tiger of old, we're strong and we're bold, for we're from Tigerland. Risking head and skin If we're behind then never mind We'll fight and fight and win